Craft Your Radio, episode 298 on August 2nd, 2014. Yeah, kick it. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we are drinking our version of gin and juice. Various different beers for tonight. Hi, Jeff. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, so normally we play the original version of the song, and we do the, the interesting cover in the po- in the end, but we didn't have any reason to play gin and juice. <laughs> uh, it's like, why are we playing Snoop Dogg? Well, you got to tune into the outro, so we we're going to reverse them here. So not much of a surprise on what's on the way out. Unless no. we find another cover, maybe. Although gin and juice, one of my favorite uh, Snoop Dogg songs when I was... I remember when I was young, I did not like it at all, and then I listened to it later, and I was like, okay, wow, this is really, really good. When you were knee-high to a gangster? Yes. The first beer of the night was sent to us by Maui Brewing Company. This is their Bikini Blonde Lager. Uh, They say it's a filtered Munich Helles Lager with uh, Pilsner malt, and they say floral hops. 5.1% alcohol by volume, 18 IBUs. Yeah, this is the uh, the last of the samples from mm-hmm. Maui. Uh, we weren't sure. We had to actually go check and see if we'd actually drank this one uh, or not. So, yeah, Bikini Blonde Lager. All right. So the color is straw, yellow straw. Yeah. It's, uh, it's clear. It's not crystal clear like some filtered beers, but it's uh, it's mostly clear. Poured with a, uh, a moderate head, which has fallen down to just a kind of a ring around the glass and a slight little covering across the beer. Can I smell yours for a second? I just want to see if, if there was something with the leaving the crisp in the glass. Crisp is what we drank. We drank the six-point crisp in the pre-show. I think that, yeah, I might be getting a little bit of a... I'm smelling your aftershave, so... I didn't put on my hand. No? Well, your glass has a... I don't know. Has the ode du Greg? Because I wasn't smell. It wasn't what the beer. I was smelling the outside of the glass, not the inside, for some reason. Hmm. All right. All right. So, sort of a bready, a bit of bready smell, a little bit of sweet there. Yeah. And I'm also getting a, a Christmas. I know they said floral hops, but I'm smelling um, a crisp kind of. Um, it's kind of reminding me of a Heller Tower mm-hmm. type hop or something like that. Um, a kind of a crisp hop aroma there. It's smelling a, a bit like a sweet bread. Like, I guess, a Hawaiian bread, possibly. I want to try to open up the aroma just a little bit more. Mm. Definitely has the sweetness of a Hellas. With a bit of a... There's, there's, there's a bit of a spicy bite at the end. There's definitely some sort of noble thing mm-hmm. coming through. Yeah, it definitely starts out, like you said, sweet, um, very bready up front. Not... It's kind of like a... Yeah, it's a little bit like a... No, uh, uh, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> it gets a little bit rye-like in the middle, 
because I think of the, of the yeah. combination spiciness, of, of the spiciness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but the the sweetness, it, you know, it's kind of bread like, maybe a little bit cake like. You know, it's not really Pilsner malt flavor mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, it, it's more bready than you know, like barley malt type straight up flavors. And then, yeah, I like your your call where it's reminiscent of rye because um, the spice of the hops start to come through. And then it, it finishes with a pretty pretty distinguishable noble hop character kind of crisp almost a little bit of oh you know what i used to call noble hop twang right where now it's tastes more like crisp hops before you know my palate used to distinguish that as a little bit tinny or something like that. yeah it's weird if that is the tanniness that we used to notice how it's really developed into something where you can really pick out oh that's a particular particular hop character Mm -hmm. it doesn't taste like tinniness at all I'm actually enjoying this a lot. Mm-hmm. It's. It, I mean, I'm like I'm able to taste that and say, yeah, that's what I used to not to really dislike about a lot of mm-hmm. vloggers, and uh, and I I don't know. I mean, it's it's perfectly enjoyable now. So it just took a long time for my palate to become accepting of that flavor. It adds that right note of just drying up the beer, taking away enough of that sweetness so it doesn't lay. On the tongue, it or really doesn't lay in the back of the tongue so much. The sweetness is still up present up front, but in the back of the tongue is where you get that drying effect from the bitterness. I'm getting all kinds of different breads in the flavor. I'm getting a little bit of donut. I'm getting a little bit of French bread. I mean, it just like it's almost like walking down the bakery aisle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just getting a whole bunch of whiffs of different pieces of bread and stuff like that. It, it's really deep in the malt character on this beer. Also very, very drinkable. That Christmas at the end helps it go through really quickly. I I am enjoying this. Mm, this is really good. I'm not mm-hmm. normally a huge fan of Hellas. I think they tend to be on the sweet side. Yeah. I mean this one I mean this one does start out on the sweet side, but it has enough mm-hmm. hops and stuff to, to dry it out, right? And enough spice and the hops to dry it out. Um but really I do think that the sweetness is kind of the 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 draw the draw on this one mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's kind of kind of the uh, first chair and then that spiciness is just enough to keep him from you know overstepping yeah yeah I think that it's it it gives you the sweetness that you want if you want you know a sweet lager or something like that but then there's a complexity there for people who are interested in that stuff it comes afterwards mm-hmm. this is the um, bikini blonde lager from Maui Brewing Company. Mm. So of the four Maui's that we had, what was the best? This time around, you know, we kind of have to disqualify the coconut porter, right? Because the sample that we got was not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to disqualify it. Just to... Well, I mean, but we've had it in the past and it's been amazing. So, you know, I'm just going to talk from the ones that we tasted, right? And uh, the Hanatown Brown was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Um, We had the IPA, the Brown... I think it's between the brown and this one. Yeah, probably. There was a wheat, right? Right. I think that might have been it. I'm going to go with the Lahaina Town Brown. I think I agree, but this is a close second. But yeah, Lahaina Town Brown was really, really good. But unfortunately, not very widely available. Mm-hmm. So All right. Go on vacation to Maui, y'all. 
be able to find it. Absolutely. So, oh, hey, I didn't even notice I had a Maui Brewing Company. That was actually uh, one of my coworkers went to Maui yeah. last summer for vacation. He brought that back for me. Excuse me. This is the shaker pie that we use for drinking our water. waters. All right. What's yeah, we next? don't we don't put our water in the snifters. No, <laughs> to enjoy the full bouquet of the water. Um, that's Imperial Pumpkin. So I guess we'll go with this one. Okay. So, Great Divide recently had their twentieth anniversary. Uh, was this sent to us? No, I bought this. No, this was purchased. Okay, so. This is a Belgian-style golden ale. It is 8.2% alcohol by volume. It is fermented with Vjogdener grape juice. That should be interesting. And it's a seasonable, seasonable availability. So, there you go. For at least this year, right? I, I suppose. 20 percent i'm sorry 20 years rather 8.2 oh, percent good xylus is in here i'll use an old one 22 ounce bottles so we're capping it with our yeah. xylus stopper drink that later i put that on there oh I, that's from the bottom of this uh yeti here i had a, a pressure sensitive sticker thing and it had, a, had their Yeti silhouette, and it said, I believe, underneath it. And I put the Yeti on the back of my laptop. I didn't want the I believe part, so I just stuck it to the side of the bottle. And that's but it's Greg's, kind of like a silkscreen. So I was thinking, at first I was thinking, like, oh, hey, this could be, and then, eh. no, Just me, defacing their bottle. <laughs> All right. Has an interesting smell right off the bat. We're going to need a little bit of calibration from the, the Hellas that we just had. Mm-hmm. It almost has a floral, like flowery, not quite hibiscus, but you know, I had, we just had the hibiscus from Mad River a couple of weeks ago, and uh, something similar is coming from this, but it, it's a little bit more of a spicy flower. There's a little bit of clover there too. There's something, some kind of sweetness. By the way, the color of this is a uh, kind of a, a yellow with a tint of green, not as much green as uh, that. I was it an IPA that we had last time that was um was that resin from six point was or is that it, something it was else? something else i think yeah we did have that super which one, i forget which one that was well look at that it, is it on the list because it wasn't last show uh i don't think it was last show if it was it must have been the um shaka maximus but i don't think that uh, i'm pretty sure it was more than hmm. i don't think it was a couple shows ago but it's very clear has a bit of a, a woody character to the aroma as well. Um, sort of a wood stem, right? I mean, kind yeah, of like yeah. a kind of like an ivy-ish stem. Yeah, yeah, something like that. What kind of grapefruit? A little bit of parsley. Vioginer. I wonder if that's a red or a white. From the aroma, I would think it's white, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Well, the color, if it was a red juice, it probably would have... Tainted the color, too. Yeah. Unless they managed to 
put the juice and then just get the essential stuff and <laughs> remove all the coloring? No, in hindsight, that was a dumb question. It's almost certainly a white juice. It's it's a it's Ooh. so unusual how I mean for me, you know, seeing Belgian style ale with grape juice added, how spicy and kind of woody the aroma is. I haven't taken the sip yet, but I mean that's just kind of it was counter to my perception mm-hmm. coming in, right? So I find that startling. And now let's move on to the flavor. The Belgian character really comes through on the flavor. It, it just kind of bursts with that sweet candy sugar infused mm-hmm. Belgian thing with, with, with a bit of that Belgian yeast. It's uh, a big carbonation too, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives you a lot of zing. The, uh... Oh, there's a sweetness there that is kind of in the toffee range and kind of weirdly in the in the peanut butter range. I, I, I'm... Hmm... It's, it doesn't taste like peanuts, right? But there's a sweetness there that's sort of characteristic of a sure. of a sweetened peanut butter. I can kind of feel you there. I, don't, I would have never pulled peanuts, you know. But I, I now that you say it, you've suggested to me, and I can I can taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is similar to you know other like there's like the yeast character is very similar to a Belgian ale that I'm trying to zoom in on right now i'm trying to think if it's kind of like um oh uh 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 person l what's the one that's always available uh lindemans no 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 it's the white handle i think it's um like not like not whole garden but uh not whole garden but leffa yeah it's kind of leffa like see for me it's it's coming across as like a Bigger beer, like uh, oh, it is. It's definitely yeah, bigger. Yeah. It's got it's got more f- presence to it, yeah. but the flavor is reminiscent of Leffa, I believe. Stronger. I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a combination of you know, like Duvel and and Le Fendumont, you know, those kinds of beers. You know, I think it's it doesn't really have the earthiness yeah. that you get from Unibrew, but uh, it reminds me a bit yeah, of it doesn't Le have Fin- Unibrew's yeast. Yeah, it, it gives me a uh, it gives me a remember. It reminds me of Le Fendumon, but also some Duval as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of not quite a triple. I think it's a mm-hmm. little on the it's a little more hoppy than your traditional triple, right? The tops are coming through. They're adding a little bit of bitterness at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, it's not as sweet, but it has uh, the same kind of robustness as a triple, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just took my second or third sip, and now I'm starting to be able to pick out some grapey flavors in the very end of the taste, um, where I wasn't getting those in the earlier sips. It's uh, The woodiness is still very interesting. I wonder if that's from the grapes or if that's from something else. Yeah, I don't know. They don't say anything about aging it in like, Chardonnay yeah, yeah. or anything like that. But I don't think they do. I just It's either yeast or it's grapes, right? Or maybe it's a combination of the two. Hmm. Yeah, but there is something woody, but yeah, not not like oak. It's <laughs> twiggy, twiggy, right? And not the seventies seventies <laughs> <laughs> model. This is a pretty a little herby. I mean, it has some mm-hmm. some qualifications, like you know, herb stems, right? 
I like it. it it's good. Yeah, it's definitely um, one to think about, right? It's it's not flavors you taste every day. You have to kind of go in there and try to figure out what you're tasting. Maybe even invent some new vocabulary for it. Hmm. There's a lot to dig into here. The the sweetness is the sweetness molds into a little bagel like, I suppose. You remember how when we were drinking the um the beer from Nebraska brewing? I think it was the Menasha Trois. And it was a Chardonnay beer and we kind of thought that it was breaded or something like that. Or maybe I thought it was breaded, and then I re- recalled the interview that he did on Basic Bring Radio about how he doesn't use Brett, but he's been judged as adding Brett because there's something about the Chardonnay. This is actually the Chardonnay barrels, right? Yeah, the Chardonnay barrels um, adding a character that's... Or no. Yeah, they use Chardonnay barrels, but it adds a character that some beer palates interpret as Brett, right? Hmm. I'm getting something akin to that on this beer, where it doesn't have as much of that um, thing happening as the Menage a Trois did from Nebraska. But thinking back and looking for it, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of that. you know. So I think it's a white grape on a beer palette type thing. And I'm getting a little bit where it tastes a little bit leathery, a little bit... Excuse me, a little bit. I think any character like that is just coming from the yeast. I don't get a Brett character at all. I know that wineries hate Brett. They, you know, they are. Well, no, this doesn't. This doesn't have a lot of the other characteristics you expect from Brett. But I was getting this little note of leatheriness, and I'm thinking it's probably that white grape on a beer palette type phenomenon. Hmm. Well, whatever it is, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. So we should probably move on to uh, the second in our trio of Belgians tonight. Oh, I forgot about this guy over here. This is the one you meant, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, let's do it. So sent to us by the brewery. This is Sanita Saison in a can. And what happened to my page? So we got an email from a, some... I'm sorry, I forget your name. I read it before I went on vacation. It's like, come on, guys. This whole bottle stratification thing isn't that hard to fix. <laughs> right? It's pour a little bit in one glass, pour a little bit in the other glass, pour a little bit more back in the first glass, pour a little bit more back in the second glass. And that's what I'm doing now. Actually, it is kind of hard because I've have muscle memory to pour six ounces of beer into a glass going on nine years now. Mm-hmm. Or going, well over nine years and now. you probably just poured some... So, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> he just decanted improperly. Yes. Uh, I won't screw up your glass. How about that? <laughs> so we still have two different beers now, even though I tried doing what the, the, right, the listener uh, suggested. Um... I don't know. Like I said, I have this muscle memory thing down where I can pour half a beer spot on and, and doing it in like six micro pours is going to be difficult. It's not like the glasses can just sit there. And I pour straight down the glass. I tilt the glass. I do all mm-hmm. that. So 
maybe if I have a rig where I can like sit the glasses in, tilt it, it'd be easier. That'd but. be the next thing to build, right? So Sunita's Saison is a farmhouse Saison. It is 5.8% alcohol by volume, 22 IBUs. These Belgian yeast. Available year-round in cans and on draft. They describe the color as a bright marigold. <laughs> Which is... Um, it's uh, it's a yellowish straw with a little bit a little bit of gold accent to it. Sunitas is in Boulder, Colorado. This beer is crisp and iconic. They say on the or <laughs> that's part of their label, one or the other. <laughs> this is a two on it. Remember we talked about Sunitas mm-hmm. with their numbers. This is number two. As an owl on it too, so yeah. there you go. Let's give it a, a switch. We can just take the smells. The air smells a little bit muddier, what you would expect because you had a little bit uh, of decanted mm-hmm. stuff in there. Not of, Improperly decanted, I should say. But still not coming through with a lot of stuff. Right. You know, the nose is kind of kind of closed off. I'm getting a little little fruity things in the mm-hmm. back. It's smelling a little bit of a a sweetness, but it almost reminds makes me wonder if I forgot to rinse my glass from the last one. It has this like Belgian sweetness to it. Well, being closed off, we should probably just jump into it. Yeah, the flavor is not nearly as closed off as the aroma. The uh, for the flavor, it it starts out. I take another sip. I'm on the back end of the taste, which is very dry, and uh, I forget what the first part tastes like. So let me go back in. The whole thing is kind of dry. Yeah, it does. Starts off pretty dry too, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, kind of just lays down on your tongue. This like almost like a chalky coating or something like that. Yeah, it just kind of dries the whole thing out. It 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 definitely has. That sort of rustic character, the uh, slight leathery, slight ropey kind of character, but and then a little bit of spice along the way. But I'm not getting anything that really jumps out at me as being more than that. It kind of feels like it, it's it's presenting a, it's presenting a relatively muted palate. The, though the palate is saison, it's not jumping off into any very interesting corners. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to get a little more out of it. There's kind of a uh, a minerally it's definitely a minerally type flavor, like a chalky limestone type flavor, uh through most of mm-hmm. through most of it. Um along with that getting uh 
you know, it's probably a slight wheat flavor or something like that. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking too. Is a little little wheat, a little bit can can be interpreted along the lines of kind of a slight orange or tangerine-ish. Mm-hmm. But actually, that, that sip I got a bunch of citrus, right? Yeah, I kind of got some. Yeah, definitely like a an orange mixed with some orange pith type flavor. So you know. That's it. Brought a little more to the table where I'm getting, maybe I'm calibrating and I'm getting past that mineraliness, right? I'm starting to taste some of the more flavors now. I mean, I am a huge fan of French styles. Lately, I've been just digging the French styles more than anything else. So, even a, a Saison that I don't exactly find very expressive. Is very enjoyable to me. So well, this is maybe closer to some of those French styles that you're thinking of yeah. than your typical saison as well, right? right? And it's, it's kind of crisp, clean, you know, not as sweet as a beer de garde, but you know, there's you can see that there's some overlap, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, so if you're definitely on a kick for those kinds of beers, I can see where this so might be. I absolutely dig it because. It's got those character things. But I also recognize that it doesn't really have the kind of uh, exceptional qualities that uh, that you may expect. Like, this is a workhorse of a Saison, in a sense. This is sort of a uh, an easier Saison, drinkably, because there's not as much to focus on. I'm enjoying it. Um, oh, I'm enjoying it too. I, I think this is kind of one where, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm six ounces in and just starting to get it. You know, I think you know, hope, hope can might have been helpful for a beer like this one. Well, we have another one. <laughs> well, I don't think we need to go that far. I mean, I, I don't mean that to sound like I'm politely avoiding drinking it. I'd be happy to drink it, but we got other beers and uh, right. And I don't want to spend much more time, you know, on this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. It's just it, if you're going to say, well, maybe some more will help. Well, no, I'm, we I'm saying, more. all right, but it's going to be cold again. It's not going to be as developed. You know, it's going to be starting over again. That's also true. So, yeah. so I don't know. There's nothing, but, wrong, uh, nothing wrong with it, right? It's just. Like you said, not quite as expressive as one might expect for a saison. But I will tell you one thing I do know. What do you know? And that is that there is a great way to support Craft Beer Radio. And that's by going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. For all your Amazon shopping needs. For all your shopping needs. Period. All together, yeah. Come on. Yeah, so... Buy a car. Please. That'd be awesome craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. When you want to go shopping online, and if your shopping trip involves Amazon, don't go to Amazon.com. Use our referral. Just go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You'll be redirected there, just with a puff of the internet. And it's, and as, if, it's as if you don't even have to worry about us anymore, and we happen to get... <laughs> Whoa, okay. Uh, we happen to get... Six percent of of what you, or roughly, depending on, on how things go, uh, of of what you purchase, without any cost to you. The only cost is incurred by Amazon themselves, and they can afford it, right? Because we're driving sales mm-hmm. to them, so they give us a 
pittance of of the billions that they make. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Uh, Flanders or pumpkin? Flanders or pumpkin? Well, Flanders, of course. I mean, because the pumpkin is going to be the end. Yeah, it's, it's going to need to be the, the sort of end thing. So, I forgot to take the wax off before we started recording. <laughs> I've been doing that recently. I've been cutting the damn wax off these things before we get on air. And this is a thick wax. Yes, this one is going to be hard to find. This particular beer... Uh, it was technically donated to us by the brewery because it was given to us uh, at Savor by uh, the people at Green Flash. This is Green Flash's Flanders Drive, but I haven't found any way to that you can actually get this. Uh, I remember us in, enjoying this at Savor, and I was like, I'd, we'd love to do this on the show, and they said, sure. I'm going to pause and get some cutting utensils. <laughs> All right, we're back, and uh, Green Flash does win the award for the most overwax bottle of the month. <laughs> Pretty thick wax, but that means Jeff's going to have a lot of wax to play with. <laughs> I have this little OCD thing when I have wax on the table here. I start ripping it up. I don't know why I do that. Everyone has their has their um, vices. Quirks. <laughs> yeah. This is not a... Is this a 12-month bottle, or is this smaller? Uh, oh, it's 12.7. It's slightly bigger. It's okay. just a odd shape. 6.9% alcohol by volume of Flanders Red Ale that was brewed once. Wow, look at that color. That is a pretty, pretty beer. The color is this cola-like color, really. Mm-hmm. It's very dark red. The smell smells like heaven. <laughs> smells like choirs of angels singing. I don't know about that. To me, it smells like heaven with a bit of a sewer leak. But, you know, that's sort of... It's <laughs> kind of what you expect out of a Flanders. <laughs> All right, let's put some words to... <laughs> I don't know. Sewer leak's a little harsh. It doesn't well, have it's heaven sense. with a sewer leak. You know, okay. It's, I mean, oh, okay. It's, <laughs> there's just a note of of something in there that's but wow. Okay, huh. words to describe. Um, there's definitely an acetic bit in there. A little bit uh <laughs> not really why am I having a hard such a hard time putting words to it it's um think of like the think of a a little bit of a watermelon maybe maybe outside of a watermelon, so kind of the greenish mm, I don't know if I can get there some cherries and strawberries, maybe a bit of raspberry. And then there's like there's the the tart, you know that's the yeah, sweet. Yours has more. This is a more assertive. I poured. I know. I poured. I did a four way on this. I gave you some. Gave me some. It's, it's some hard to it's hard to open up. Oh, okay. There we go. 
here comes that cherry. There's a chocolate too. Mm. Yeah, there's a bit of um, maybe cherry cordial too. You know, a little syrup, sweet cherry something. But there's, you know, there's definitely the oh, any of that little sewer bit has gone away. It just, it just <laughs> needed to volatilize. Okay, I never did smell anything quite like that. Um, I'm gonna put this cap where I can't reach it, so I play with the wax. You can play with the wax. I don't want to play with the wax. I'll be better than that. <laughs> Well, as much as I do enjoy the smell, it's not the most amazing smell I've ever had. So I'm going to go into the taste. I mean, it's not like one of those things where I just want to keep smelling, smelling, smelling. So let me go into the flavor. Mm-hmm. Aw, yeah. Starts out pretty tart and tangy. Mm-hmm. Then it gets a little chocolatey. And toffee-like, right? And then it gets... Exceedingly tangy and acidic. It's one of the most acidic Flanders I've had. This thing is sour. This yeah. thing is tart. This thing is aggressive. We'll see if I can get calibrated to it, but really it's a little overboard on that first sip. Might get calibrated to it, but for me, that was that was that was aggressive. It's sweet and caramel and tarty in the front and then all that caramel goes away and you're left with that sort of acetic bit and there's some grape qualities coming out of it but I like it a lot (laughs) second sip didn't quite rip my tongue like the first one I remember one of the early times that we had Lafoli on the show the thing was, it's it's hard to really calibrate it to our palates today with so many sour beers on the market and so many Flanders mm-hmm. under our belts. But when we first had that thing, you know, we were comparing it only to Rodenbach Grand Cru. And I remember that thing being so aggressive that it kind of left the inside of my cheeks raw. Right. Right. And drinking this one almost reminds me of that experience it's hard to judge what the scale was of, of that one compared to this one, you know, because time has changed so much, but the experience is very reminiscent of something that aggressive. Well, I love how it goes sweet and then it goes sweet with a little bit and then the sweetness goes away and then the acetic stuff really comes through. I appreciate the way it evolves like that. It doesn't, you know, it ends Kind of bright because it still has that sourness. I keep saying acetic, but don't forget, you know, some of that sourness is is a lactic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so true. There's some lactic, lactic acid in there, and you can re- you if you look, and if you know if you've tasted the you know if you have experience, you can kind of pick out what the acetic acid is and what the lactic acid is, and we kind of come at different parts of the flavor too. Mm-hmm. I think you're really right because. The fr- it's kind of front-loaded on the acetic end, and mm-hmm. then the end is probably more lactic. It probably has more of that slightly... Uh, that's the best way to put it. it. It's a little bit more... 
combination of of two two things that you wouldn't normally combine, which is sort of a, a limestoneish chalkiness and a, a creamy bit. Those are both kind of detectable in that sourness. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, the acidic part I would equate more to uh, a little more cider vinegary, more fruity, and then the lactic is it's sharper, right? Yeah, it's a little more it, uh, yogurty, yogurty. But you know, there's something that's slightly reminiscent of of stomach acid, right? There's a there's a kind of a tart, burny. Not quite as potent, right? But yeah, I would say so. But I'm getting a sour like that, you know, a, a, a zing like that later in the flavor. I think a tart yogurt fits better than stomach acid, but okay, that's just my call. I mean, you you can call it how you want it. the start it was a real i really like the melange of flavors that mm-hmm. hit at the start it's really interesting it does kind of it goes away and just becomes after more calibration it doesn't taste like it's the most aggressive face ripping flanders i've ever had but that first sip yeah. was, i mean was we just we there. just had a you know kind of pretty benign benign saison and and then we went right to a flanders so right Mm. Pretty good. It is pretty good. It's a lot better appreciating this beer here than it is on the floor at Saver. Yeah, it's hard to do when... Even though the Saver glasses are are plenty fine glasses, Mm -hmm. you're... A, you're more inebriated at the time, most likely. Uh, But B, you're also... There's so much else around you to distract you. Other flavors, other beers, other people, mm-hmm. noises. Okay, so after a rinse, we're going on to the River Horse Hippo Lantern Imperial Pumpkin. So the pumpkin beers are starting to come out. Pumpkin's been out for a whole month now. Yeah. This is, this was given us, this was, uh, given, this was... Excuse me. <laughs> this was provided to us from River Horse. Thank you, River Horse. This is 8.5% alcohol by volume. River Horse Imperial Pumpkin available August through October. A variety of hand-crushed whole spices. Top secret proprietary information. So, if you remember the... Is the third law of craft beer radio? Yes, yes. The third law, which states that the idea of a pumpkin beer is always better than the actuality of a pumpkin beer. And that is a law because it always seems to hold. There's good pumpkin beers out there. But yes. it, it, it more so states to the, the, the idea, like, pumpkin beer, that sounds really good. I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this very thing, and... You know, explain because he he was interested in, in pumpkin beers, and he said, you know, they're all kind of more spice beers than pumpkin beers, and when they are big pumpkin beers, they tend to not really have those kind of qualities that you want, like a roast pumpkin. So I thought about it, and I said, you know what might work? Uh, 
it'd be hard to do because doing this is generally a hard beer to make. But if you did a Stein beer with pumpkin, you could kind of get some of those roasty qualities with the pumpkin as well. Ah, throw some hot rocks in the pumpkin beer, huh? That'd be neat. Yeah, 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 I kind of like that idea. I do. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, it's not really, it's not as much a knock on the makers of pumpkin beers. Right. It's more so a statement on everyone thinks pumpkin beers are should be awesome. I do. I mean, I'm like, yeah, yeah pumpkin and beer, that sounds awesome together. Everyone loves pumpkin pie. Everyone loves yeah. the flavor of, of roast, you know, gourd is delicious. Mm-hmm. It seems like it should work, and it always it just it never sort of lives up to your to quite your expectation. Yep. So did you see my tweet the other day? Saranac tweeted some dude that has a um, a, a tattoo of Saranac. Yes, pumpkin. yes, I did see that. Yeah, and I'm like, come to think of it, the third law of craft beer radio holds up for tattoos as well. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a tattoo is almost always better than the actuality of a tattoo. Okay, so the aroma on this one, yeah, it really um, has a nice spice blend, and that's what you're getting right mm-hmm. up front is, um, I'm going to have to smell again and try to pick out specifics, but, you know, really that's the first impression. You didn't get anything that was too much malty. You really didn't get the the pumpkin aroma that, pumpkin's a really fickle vegetable, because yeah. most people aren't familiar with what pumpkin tastes like straight up. They're, they're thinking of a pumpkin pie. Right, yeah. And that's not pumpkin is is a stringy kind of weird texture mm-hmm. that I mean if you, if you ask me a, a much better gourd is like a, a winter gourd or a, um, a butternut squash mm-hmm. is fantastic when you roast it. So like I think that you could make a pumpkin a great pumpkin beer out of sort of a roasted butternut squash and people would think wow this is an amazing pumpkin like well it's it's squash but well I mean pumpkin I mean squash. in the judging category right they they don't differentiate pumpkins versus other gourds you know they, they call I think they just renamed the category but it used to be field beer right so it was judging the same thing as squash and and other root vegetables so carrot beers and turnip beers could conceivably be in the same category too. Okay, so clove. I was going to say nutmeg, but I really didn't straight up pick it out. Let me. It's there. It's yeah, there. Now clove, cinnamon, nutmeg. nutmeg. Yeah. All the traditional spices you'd expect. Yeah, it doesn't quite smell like a pumpkin pie, right? I think right. it's it's yeah. more clove heavy. So yeah, let's take your typical grocery store pumpkin pie and diverge from there. Mm-hmm. It's more clove heavy on the aroma. Than you would expect. Um, anything else you would have to add? Little little um, anise or something like that. There may be a little anise. It's less sweet than a grocery store pumpkin mm-hmm. pie smells because yeah. it doesn't have high fructose corn syrup in it. So. That's something. Mm-hmm. But the the first the first thought in my mind was not bad. It's it's a spice beer, mm-hmm. so calibrate your senses accordingly. 
But they do say they have pumpkin puree in there, at least from the first taste. I don't taste it. But I do taste the spices, and I do think the spices are muted enough that they don't overpower the rest of the beer. Mm -hmm. And besides that, it's sort of like an imperial brown ale with extra spices. It's a little, or maybe sort of like a Christmas ale, but with with more pumpkin-y spices. Yeah, I I think there's, like, if you were looking at it as... So, I want to kind of take a couple comments you said there. You said imperial brown. I would say its base is more of an amber, like a, a, you know, a stronger amber than a brown. I'm not getting any the, much of the, the richer, multi, ro- somewhat roasty flavors from, from brown ale. Okay. Um, and I was going to add my own little caption on the other thing you said, but I forgot what the other thing you said was. The other thing I said was that the the spices were it, it's sort of like a Christmas ale. Okay. Uh, oh, so yeah, from a Christmas ale, I think Christmas ale is is similar. I think there is something that's pumpkiny about this, right? Compared to a, a Christmas spice ale, uh, I think there well, the is. The spices are different than, than a Christmas sure. ale. I, I seem to think that I, I, you know, three sips in, I can taste some of the pumpkin as well. I'm getting it probably about. A little past halfway through the flavor or through the taste, I'm getting uh, something that you know tastes a little uh, roast, almost like a roasted vegetable or something like that. You know, where it's a little. I don't want to say pumpkiny because that doesn't help much of anything. Yeah, there's probably a bit of a pumpkin puree thing coming through, but it's not up front. I mean, I think that that's what that's what always makes the pumpkin beers not quite right is it is that the the or at least not quite up to what you might expect is that that pumpkin which has a decent flavor when it's made right when it's really co- but it takes work to mm-hmm. do pumpkin right it's right. it's not like buying a squash where you can throw it in an oven without olive oil and it's perfect pumpkin is a finicky thing that really needs work to be done right i mean you can throw it into a puree and put it with a bunch of spices and it's okay but if you want to make a great pumpkin that that takes effort I actually made uh, that year that I did Thanksgiving from scratch I made pumpkin pie from pumpkins mm-hmm. I followed it out in brown recipe so I got some pie pumpkins cut them in half salted them roasted them took out the meat you know that kind of thing the um, the the end of the taste here it's kind of kind of the spices are kind of oversaturating and kind of laying on my tongue and it's almost like an overpowering clove and overpowering nutmeg it's kind of um i'm trying to figure out how to describe this it seems like it's almost blanketing my palate so like i'm not tasting other things Hmm. after after three quarters of the beer and it just kind of is like zing 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 spice 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 and then you know eventually it fades out it seems like it's a little overpowering for the later part of the flavor for me I, while I sort of agree with you, I also sort of think that that's kind of what people have come to expect yeah. out of it. Well, that's, a, a I mean, beer. saying that, this is also a flavor profile that I find in a lot of pumpkin beers. And it's, for me, it's the, one of the main reasons I talk about the third rule of craft beer mm-hmm. radio. It's for me, it's not inviting, right? It's that the spice stays around too long 
it 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 cross wires some taste receptors on your tongue it just shorts about and it's not for me it's not enjoyable it's just too saturated for too long wasn't there a pumpkin beer i forget which one it was but i believe there was one that actually used ginger as well and i think that really worked i forget which one it was but it was like the because that kind of counteracted some of the yeah i think there's yeah i know i know we definitely had one with ginger but i want to say that uh, dogfishes might use some ginger too hmm maybe not east end brewing doesn't do a pumpkin beer they do do a spiced beer. Mm-hmm. They call it Nundkin. <laughs> yeah, this this sort of, you know, getting to the end of, of my class and the spices are still still very strong. And it it just it just hits that same kind of note where it's like okay, I get it. One bottle of this is enough. You know, and what half a bottle of this is enough? It really does kind of. I take down to four ounces, but <laughs> it 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 just kind of jams your 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 taste buds, and I get what they're trying to do. I think that a lot of people will actually really enjoy this, and I'm not saying I don't. I'm not saying I find it distasteful. I'm not pouring it out, mm. but it's it fits the third law. It still fits the third law. Right. Someone make a Stein beer with pumpkin in it. I'm telling you. There's <laughs> a chance the it'll work. There's a ch- that's the key. There's a chance it'll work. Yeah, so the third law holds up. The idea of pumpkin beer is always better than the implementation of the pumpkin beer. And it's not the brewer's fault. It's just <laughs> it's just the idea that it sounds awesome and seldom is. All right. All right so it's time to do the ranking. Well, we had some good beers tonight. Yeah, we did. I mean, these none of these were necessarily bad. I think we have a clear last place simply because the way our show is structured. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, so number five for me is going to be the River Horse. That just it, you know it followed the trend that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the beers were just simply, I think better um and it was it had the the failing of it being a spice beer compared to a bunch of other beers that tried something different uh the fourth beer is the sanita saison i thought it was a little a little um not super expressive for a saison i think that there was a lot of you know, I love I love French style beers. I love saisons, but like I had the Mare uh, yesterday, and that was really really good. Even though it's also not super expressive, especially out of a pint glass in a bar, but it it uh, I enjoyed it more I think than the saison I had tonight. My number three things are going to get a little hard here. Because we have two Belgian styles versus a lager that I definitely didn't think I would enjoy enjoy as much as I did. All right, I'm going to do something. I didn't expect it to go this way. Uh, The Great Divide is going to be number three. 
Okay. I enjoy it a lot. I think it's a very, very good beer. The grapes are really cool. But I think that the uh, the Flanders was better. Uh, and the Flanders is my number two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, it's, it's, it's a great beer. It's a great Flanders. Um, and I, I really, I really enjoy the green flash a lot, but I may be just on a lager kick right now, but that bikini blonde lager satisfied something in me that the other ones didn't quite hit. I'm going to go with the Maui as number one. It's good beer, but we had some really good beers tonight. We did. Uh, one thing I wanted to correct you, you or clarify, you you keep saying you're a French beer kick and you're lumping saisons into them. Saisons are mostly Belgian beers. However, in your defense, they're from Wallonia, a French-speaking part of of Belgium. So mostly, it's close to France. It's not, and there's probably some saisons that are made in France, but mm-hmm. it's still a Belgian beer. Okay, so, all right. So I wouldn't want to blur that line too much. Yeah, we don't want to blur lines. Yeah. Okay. So for for my ranking, because you know, there's someone screaming at the radio, there's <laughs> someone doing it. If I was if I was listening to the podcast, it would probably be me. Yeah, but I mean, uh, like you know, okay, I love a beard of Mars, the beard of guard. Those are French beers, right? Right. All right. So pumpkin. From River Horse will be my last place mm-hmm. beer. It's uh just there because you know probably it could have saved it for more pumpkin beers and done a pumpkin beer show. But who wants to endure that kind of? <laughs> it's kind of like the IPA show. We yeah, avoid. yeah, we it's, do a pumpkin yeah, beer exactly. Show. Um, but it was a fine pumpkin beer. If you like pumpkin beers, you see the River Horse. I wouldn't say don't buy it. There's nothing bad about no, it. No, no, it's a good beer. Uh, number four is going to be the Sanitas Saison. It was uh, muted in flavor. There was, again, nothing wrong with that. It I could see it as just being a good drinker, not a great mm-hmm. thinker. Right? Yes. And um, Our show is kind of tends to bias towards thinkers, yes. and But it was a good drinker. No problems with it. Number three, Young Uncle Greg's number one beer, the, the Maui uh, Bikini Blonde. I thought it was really good. Uh, I really liked... The depth of the malt flavor. It mm-hmm. was like walking down the bakery aisle. There was all kinds of flavors in there. It was really deep. I've never really had a malt character that was so many different things all in the beer. I um, think I put a number one. That was pretty interesting. Uh, I'm going. I'm. I'm, I'm going to stick with some Belgians for you know being more interesting and you know more and better better tonight. I am not going to put the Flanders number one. I'm going to put the Flanders number two. Uh, I think it was. A little on the aggressive side. Um, I got used to it, but, you know, for for a great drinker, yeah, I think it could have been a little less acidic. That makes the uh, the Great Divide 20th anniversary my top beer of the night. I thought this one was really complex with lots of things to taste in there. Um, you could explore the grapes. There was that woody twigginess that we were tasting. Mm-hmm. Which I think was probably a combination of the grapes and the yeast yeah. and some of the phenols of the yeast. Uh, it had this Belgian triple type character, but not quite as big. It was a good drinker. I mean, really good. I'm I'm happy that it's here and that I had it tonight. So, uh, Great Divide comes in at number one. Well, you know what hey, that Snoop. means. It's time for the end of the show, which is just us saying, hey... 
If you want to contact us, Craft Beer Radio is released <laughs> in the LDC. It's kind of hard being Craft B E R Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Craft B-E-R radio yeah, Craft Burr radio We should have wrote the outro to, yeah. to, So we could wrap it right This is a great song Oh, it's a great song Okay Email us Beer at craftbeerradio.com yeah. Twitter At Jeff Bear At CBR Greg Creative Commons license Visit our website to find out what that means See Six you. in the morning <laughs> What's he going to do with those? I don't know Just, well, you know Make balloons Probably Probably. And then kind of bat them around. <laughs> <laughs>